0: Hi, I'm Dee Decker, Director of Communications here at Beargrass Christian Church. Thanks for listening. This week we made the transition between Pentecost and the Advent Christmas season. And we began to include the lighting of the Advent candles during worship. We hope that you will make attendance in worship and participation in outreach a priority during December, especially on Christmas Eve. We will have services at 5, 8, and 11 p.m., and all of our services will include candlelight and communion. We're encouraging everyone to reach out to family and friends with invitations to attend one of our services. You can also direct people to our website where we have a new, plan your visit option. The theme for the upcoming sermons will be inspired by the Christmas cantata Sing Christmas. We begin with Sing Hope. Here now is Dr. Lee Bond.
1: We had a number of our young adults back from school, so it's kind of a family reunion for the church uh, at large. So thank you for being with us, and I hope you'll be. Uh, I hope you'll make a point of being with us uh, for the rest of the season. And I, and I trust that your Thanksgiving celebrations were more full of gobble, gobble, gobble uh, than squabble, 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 right? I know some of you dread getting together with family. Um, Many said they were anxious because uh, there happened to be differences of opinion around the table between, uh, I don't know, political issues or athletic teams or or whatever. Families can be, uh, well, you know. uh, You may have seen growing numbers of articles about Thanksgiving etiquette, how to keep peace at the table, what to say, what not to say, all of that. You may have also seen the polls where... A new variation on Thanksgiving is growing called Friendsgiving instead of Thanksgiving. Friendsgiving, you know, the concept is you gather people around the table with whom you agree, right? And so, so you have, you know, you know, anyway, I hope we can rise above all that and, and let love surpass uh, what makes us different. That, you know, I hope you had a great, great weekend. And I'm not sure what, how to greet you today. Happy Thanks Advent, or Happy Ad-giving, or Happy Pent-event. You know, the, the transition between this long season of Pentecost and Thanksgiving, and then boom, especially this year, there was no in-between week, boom! Here we are into the Advent season. It always feels to us as worship leaders, as choir, uh, that there's such a, a quick change. You know, most of us are still finishing leftovers from last week, right? Pumpkin pies are still chilling in the fridge and pumpkins are still chilling on our porches uh, waiting to be replaced by lights and decorations and greenery and garland. And some of us are still recovering from those middle of the night missions to the mall on Black Friday or Black Friday Eve right? Didn't we used to call Black Friday Eve Thanksgiving? Yeah. Anyway, ready or not, here we are. Here it comes. Advent is upon us. And uh, just as we set our tables beautifully on Thanksgiving for those celebrations, we're setting the table today for our meaningful, beautiful celebrations of Advent and Christmas. Uh, We've already started lighting the Advent candle. Rob did a great job of explaining that to our children as we overheard. And uh, right after worship today, we'll be decorating the halls. Uh, If you can spare 20 or 30 minutes, uh, the more, the merrier, the faster it'll go. Dr. Lowe's waiting in Chalice Hall. Everything's all laid out. You have pictures where it goes. She'll tell you where to go. Can you believe it? All right. And I... As you look at the church calendar, you cannot do it all. And as you look at your personal and community calendar, you cannot do it all. So I I hope that you'll choose wisely and plan uh, to pace yourselves uh, during the season so it can become a time of spiritual enrichment and not burnout for all of us. And I really, as I said, I hope you'll be here uh, to hear the cantata. Uh, We'll be blessed by the Berry Grass Choir and members of the Praise Team, the Chamber Handbell Choir, uh, the Lady of Lords Children's Choir, and an orchestra, and Daniel, I don't know how you're gonna fit them all up here, but they're gonna all be here. You don't wanna miss that. presentation and that chance to hear the good news December 8th at six thirty. so please be here and of course I hope you'll make make a point of being here for Christmas Eve at one of our services 5 8 or 11 um, it's probably one of the highlights of anything we do all year so a uh, beautiful candlelight communion and I hope you'll in- intentionally reach out to family and friends to be present our theme for the season is uh, based on the cantata, Sing Christmas, and each week we will emphasize uh, a sub-theme within it. Today is focusing on hope. And the voices of the narrators, who are both Transy grads here, right, Rob and Missy, they'll be narrating, but uh, they will mention during the presentation uh, and, and help us set the context for the season. Uh, they'll, they'll read, the real joy of the season is celebrating the birth of a child. The birth is foretold by prophets. One who would come from heaven and bring salvation to a broken world. We celebrate in song. And so we sing of hope and we sing of peace and joy and love. We sing Christmas. Our text today from the prophet Isaiah helps us think about those things. The prophet describes what I think are some of our basic human yearnings and longings. You know, he speaks, I think, of this universal hunger that we have for God. You know, he he proclaims in in days to come, the mountains of the Lord's house shall be established. And I love this phrase "The, the nations, the nations will stream to it. It's beautiful. And he invites us, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord that we may learn God's ways and walk in God's paths. You know, there are growing numbers of agnostics and atheists and nuns in our country, but I think inherently we are all religious beings, we, we have this longing and this hunger. Some have even predicted the demise of faith in our country due to the culture and secularism. But I want to tell you this morning, <laughs> reports of God's death have been greatly exaggerated. Amen? What? Okay, I thought you believed it. I, I went to bed. You know no, No, right? And, and, it, and it's kind of cool to get the big picture because people all over the planet are coming to God in countries we never imagined. They're coming to God in places where it's illegal, they're going to God in places where they could get killed. They're putting it all on the line because of this great hunger to be connected to God and community, and it won't be long before those places will be sending missionaries to America, right? We are essentially religious, and why not? You know, we live in this magnificent, mysterious universe, and go, go out some night with Daniel Spurlock and look through his telescope, all right? He'll take you, right? Oh, Beautiful. Most reasonable people believe there's a superior intelligence created in this world, beauty and splendor and majesty, and often when when folks get disconnected from God, it's because of a painful experience or loss or bad, you know, relationship in church or something they're mad about that, you you know, but most of us feel this yearning, this longing to be connected to God. Apparently there's a post office in Israel that gets all kinds of mail from people who are trying to reach out to the divine. And those letters come year-round and often hit at uh, various religious holidays, and a reporter was working on a story about all of it, and he said, try sending a letter to God, and chances are it will end up, as many do each year, at an Israeli post office. Uh, people ask for all kinds of help, for all kinds of problems, and many letters arrive around religious holidays. One worker had an idea, he, he said, you know, after reading them, uh, we started taking them to the western wall uh, where people often place notes of prayer in the cracks between the stones. And the worker said, after we do that, it's out of our hands. But that's kind of a meaningful, uh, meaningful tradition. Someone else suggested that uh, letters to Santa are a variation of this kind of reaching out to something grander. Children's letters reflect uh, that same kind of desire, I think. There's a tiny town in Finland uh, that is the official international site for sending letters to Santa Claus. And each year, as you can imagine, that post office receives hundreds of thousands of letters from children all over the world. Almost 200 countries uh, are represented. Form letters are sent back to those uh, who have kind of generic requests, but some of those letters just break your hearts. And so there's a volunteer team of students. This is so cool. There's a team of students from surrounding communities who personally answer those very serious letters from children. And they say, you know, when we do that, we get a glimpse of the world from a much broader perspective. Children in war-torn countries ask Santa to send them peace. All they want is peace. Children whose parents are dying ask for healing. They want their mom or dad to live. One child may ask for expensive, trendy toys and lots of them in one letter. And another child on the other side of the globe may ask for an artificial limb to replace a hand or a leg that was blown off by a landmine. I mean, think about the contrast. But, but why did children and even some adults write letters to Santa. You know, one clerk said, "You know, we used to have all those saints we could call on, and all that. And, and, and now they think if God can't help me, maybe Santa can. I don't know." Uh, there, there's this again, this universal need to connect to God, to to hope, to long for something greater. And so, as Advent begins, for what do you hope? What is on your hope list? And, and, and where do you find it? And, and what does hope sound like? What does it look like? What does it feel like? How can we provide hope, not just as individuals, but as church family? I don't know, maybe you find hope in the Bible. I hope so, especially in Scripture passages like this one today. Isaiah was a prophet of judgment and hope, but prophecy can be foretelling as in the future, but also forth-telling. and In other words, saying, telling it like it is. Prophecies can be timely or timeless, but I think Isaiah's vision still lifts up hope for all of us. Maybe you hope for peace in our community or nation or world. You know, the homicide rate in our own city continues to, to break our hearts. In America this year there will be more mass shootings than there are days in the year and, and now the definition for mass shooting has to be four people or more, or it doesn't count. Breaks our hearts. Nations war against nations. Our track record is not good, and we long for peace. Since 3600 BCE, we have known less than 300 years of peace on this planet. And so Isaiah was right on target. Here's what Isaiah is telling us. Before there can be lasting peace on earth, there has to be justice among the nations. We've got to get along. Some people believe countries need a sufficient level of prosperity and political stability to make war unattractive to people. I think that makes sense. And he says one way to reduce conflict is to remedy the situations in our communities and world that make for war, and that's injustice and poverty and abuse and inequality. And I I love the discussions we're having now about this movement from hyper-capitalism, you know, this top 1% or 0.1%, this hyper-capitalism giving way to what people call woke capitalism. Right? Bo capitalism, leveling the mountains of wealth and lifting up the valleys of despair so that we've got a, a more level playing field for the people on this in this world. Isaiah talks about that later on too. It but even if it doesn't make the world safer, democracy, I think that's the kind of work we're supposed to be doing anyway, and we are. <laughs> So, so what does hope look like or sound like to you? What are some things that come to, to mind? Maybe, maybe hope just means good, clean water. Some of you support water step. Maybe it's meals for the hungry or bicycles for refugees or pajamas and books for children or a room or home for the homeless. Sounds of hope may be a, a baby's cry. My daughter Chelsea, with the triplets, the three wee kings, reminds me all the time. When one of them is fussing, and I'm getting tired of hearing it fussing, him fussing, whichever one, she says, "Isn't it a miracle that they can cry?" And Daddy just is, just, yeah. Maybe hope is. I love you. Maybe it's an apology. Maybe it's an offer of forgiveness. Maybe it's a job offer. Maybe it's a a voice of a teacher, preacher, prophet, friend, someone who can tell it like it is in love. Maybe it's music. Music is healing. Music brings hope to our souls. Music takes us where words cannot. One of the most creative responses described hope is the sound of heavy metal. Right? Tommy Hale. I'm not talking about Metallica or Led Zeppelin here. I'm talking about metal shaping metal. Metal shaping metal, like think think blacksmith shop. The image comes from the poetry of Isaiah we've heard today. Can you hear the banging and clanging of swords becoming plowshares and spears becoming pruning hooks? Do we dare hope that nations will learn war no more? In recent years, we've been blessed by our refugee ministries and the people with whom we have worked have taught us much. And they've enlarged our worldview in remarkable ways. And they have reminded us that we have so much stuff and blessings and opportunities in this country. And we hear their stories about their long years of waiting in these camps, waiting for an opportunity just to get out, to get somewhere. To and some find the, the way here, remarkably. Some of our newest members are from Liberia. And I've been inspired by what they've shared and other stories. I asked the young man to, to write a brief autobiography of his experience. How did he get from Liberia to Louisville? And he described in, in that short autobiography an experience when he was just seven years old of running as fast as he could with his father, trying to get out of town because it was under siege, under attack. And he saw all these bodies lying around, and he said, Daddy, why are all these people asleep? He, he did not understand until later. Some artisans in Liberia took Isaiah's words literally. One man survived, if you can imagine, a horrible massacre during worship in a sanctuary. And he somehow escaped and woke up one night with his this dream. This dream just kept coming to him, and he decided to follow up on it. And, and he began to gather up used shells and bullet casings, and and they were they were all over the countryside because of the Civil War in that country. And he started to do something with those casings. He's you know he, he said. I leave the lower part of the round intact so that you can see what it was intended to do at first, to destroy life. But then I, then I unfold it and, and it becomes a, a cross. Casings from bullets begin to become crosses in the hands of that, that man. And this creative effort inspired other artisans and former soldiers to, to join in the effort. And that creative effort began to provide income for families in that place. And, and then folks around the world began to get a hold of that story and begin to offer other resources. And, and those crosses became powerful signs of hope and new life and peace. And I, I think that's what we're called to be up to. That's our calling, to transform what's going on into the world and, and to elevate it, to lift it up into what God wants it to be. The prophet Isaiah is calling this morning, and he is inviting us to join him as we sing, as we sing a song of hope.
0: This Advent season, I pray we will be open and alert to the signs of God's hope and peace and joy and love. And as Dr. Bond said, be active participants and helping to transform what is into what could be. We would love to see you around the table at worship this Advent or Christmas Eve. To learn more about our service times, location, children and youth programs, simply click the Plan Your Visit button on our website at www.beargrass.org. Again, our Christmas Eve service times are at 5, 8 and 11 p.m. Our five o'clock service will feature our children's choir 8 p.m. has a more contemporary feel with music from our praise team and our 11 o'clock service, the Bear Grass Choir Sings. All services will include candlelight and communion. We hope to see you around the table. Until next time, peace.